Aloha, everyone, and welcome back to the High Connect Podcast, a weekly podcast where all we do is create mouth-watering YouTube videos and sample the best food in Hawaii. And hey, no one does that better than my guest today, foodie and cooking YouTuber, Mr. Philip Lemoyne. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I got it correct? <laughs> yeah, dang, good, great intro. I was like, crap, how am I going to live up to that? No. <laughs> I mean, it's very easy, man. You have a very cool YouTube thing. You got your Instagram going on. And one of the things that I just saw recently that I didn't know is, did your TikTok blow up recently? Yeah, TikTok is my biggest following right now. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that one kind of blew up uh, this year. This year, sure. okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, for March, people that don't know, we actually linked up a while back. That's why we had dinner with uh, uh, some of our friends, Eden Kai, who was on the podcast before, and then I think uh, it was Mike Michael. Right? Oh yeah, food with Michael. Was yeah, here, yeah, yeah, visiting yeah. from LA. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I first saw you, and you were just starting to take off on the YouTube. There, you're like getting into it more. Um, I don't think the TikTok was at the level where you're at now because. I have the stats over here. Last time that I looked at it, it was like 262,000. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you don't even know. Yeah. It just keeps going, man. That's awesome, though. So what was like the tipping point, I guess, of where you're like, okay, this is starting to become a thing and you know you want to pursue it? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, it was really COVID that happened. Mm. You know, so I'm actually a videographer. I've been a wedding cinematographer for... Man, over 12 years, oh, wow, uh, 13, okay. 14 years, actually. Uh, I started my business in 2010 shooting weddings, and I've been full-time weddings since then. Mm. But um, I always wanted to kind of get into YouTube, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So 2019 is when I started posting a few videos. Posted about seven videos in 2019. Only seven? Yeah. Wow, okay. And I was able to grow to 1,000 subscribers in that time. Based off of seven videos? Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they were like food videos. Uh -huh. I, I mean, I posted a bunch, but the food videos are the ones that hit. And uh, in 2020, I was like, um, I'm going to go all in on YouTube because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that, you know, it, it was starting to work, right? So 2020, I started, I had a January, I just took some time off and I was like, I'm going to plan out all my content for the year. These are all the videos that I'm making the food uh, space. And then COVID hit. And then it just gave me that opportunity to just kind of go all in on the food content. Mm, so I, I really kind of just pivoted, I guess you could say, out of weddings into the food content because I, I basically was just stuck at home and I had to... You didn't have a choice, that's why. I think what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is like... Uh, Hawaii obviously is a huge destination spot for people wanting to get married, right? Like everybody flies down here for either honeymoons or weddings themselves. And of course they need people to film it. So it was a really big business in Hawaii, you know, doing these filming for weddings and stuff. Uh, once COVID hit, they actually made it so that you can't have these gatherings and stuff. So mm -hmm. a lot of the companies that I know, like we have a, a lot of friends and stuff that do weddings as well. They were just like stuck, you know, like, what are you going to do? And some of them... I, I have no idea if they're still like, you know, floating yeah. or whatever, because it's still kind of like iffy. Things mm -hmm. are changing all the time. So mm -hmm. it's always like, okay, we're going to have to reschedule. That messes up their plans, messes up the people that are getting married's plans. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really interesting to see that, you know, you saw, you kind of recognize that early and we're like, let's make this pivot. And it yeah. worked out really well, it looks like. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was definitely a blessing. Uh, what's funny, I mean, not funny, what's crazy is that actually our restrictions on the wedding industry just got lifted this month. Oh, really? So it took that long for us to fully open Jeez, back to being horrible. able to have. I mean, but granted, you <clears throat> need to be val uh, vaccinated or uh, get tested prior. Right, right. But they just opened this year, this month on Jeez. the 3rd. So yeah, it took that long for the industry. Could to you pop imagine back. if you waited those two months or two yeah. years basically yeah. until it opened? That's I mean, I, I technically did have to. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of my stuff got canceled or postponed, and I just it just made me think harder about like my the business model of the wedding industry. Don't mm. get me wrong, like I love the wedding industry. I uh, I have everything because of what the industry has given to me. I've learned everything right mm. from the wedding industry, but that type of clientele is like it's a one time client. 
Oh, that's a good you know point. Yeah, I mean? it's not. You, well, maybe yeah. one time client. You know yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the worst rates like, are fifty percent. You put all this time and effort into marketing to sell to book a client, and then you'll never work with him again. True, true. And uh, the thing that I love about the YouTube thing is it's kind of like a passive income now. You know what mm. I mean? I'm not actively trying to search for work. I'm just doing what I want. I can post it, and then it, and then it's sort of like compounds, and it starts making more money. Oh, I see. And then as I transitioned into the food space. And kind of went all in on the food content on um, 2021, actually. Whoa. March 2021 is when I started just posting only food videos. Mm -hmm. So it's funny if you were to even just scroll on my Instagram, you don't have to scroll too many refreshes to where you could see my old content was just like underwater photography and oh, like Hawaii you were lifestyle all over the place. stuff. Yeah, just posting anything. It uh -huh. was like, just like, this is my portfolio. And that's when it started just going all food. And it wasn't till I, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Clubhouse or if you hopped on Clubhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a, like a app where you can like kind of talk to different people, right? Yeah, 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 it's like a live app chat okay. app, right? Yeah. And that's where I met a lot of other food content creators like Food with Michael. Okay. And the big uh, platform people that I connected with were the owners uh, or the people that ran Food Beast, which is just like a huge million following, like re like food repost reposting. Uh, like uh, Instagram account. It's called Food Beast? Food Beast. Oh, it's like Hype Beast. Except, exactly. Okay, I see food. what they did. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Makes sense. And then, uh, so basically what they do is they just repost other people's food content and mm. they tag them, they share them and everything okay, like that. Okay, that's right? good then. And then, yeah, they do it legit. Okay. But they would host this room where they would pretty much do a... Uh, a thing where they would just look at everyone's Instagram account live and then they would discuss with the content creators like what they liked in these posts, what they're looking at in these people's Instagram, what they're looking for when reposting other people's content. Uh -huh. And I started taking a lot of the things that they said about how they, what they vet in other content creators and why they would want to use their content to repost. Mm. So it kind of helped me develop like a system or a structure to my content that I just started kind of working on. Um, and then that really honestly led to me being able to go full time. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it, it led to, you know, uh, growth. It led to uh, brand deals. And, and that's kind of like my main source of income now. That's amazing, dude. Because, yeah. well, a lot of people, you know, they think they can just kind of like go through the motions, you know, just take videos, post videos, do all of this stuff without actually like learning the craft, you know, like actually like trying to figure out what makes things work you know they're just trying to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks kind of thing and maybe that works for some people you know but for the most part i mean with youtube and any kind of social media you really need to learn like what works and what doesn't i feel like it's like any other job you know you can't just go in saying that you want to be a wedding photographer and just thinking that you're going to take pictures and that works out you need to see what other people are doing uh what works what doesn't and actually what people are like gravitating towards so i really like that you actually like went in and are like taking notes that's yeah. awesome man yeah yeah, because yeah, some people won't do that. You yeah. know? A but, lot of it's in your analytics too, though. A lot yes. of people kind of sleep on their analytics, but you can really just look at your analytics of a video and you can see like exactly where people fall out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if it's, then you can watch the video and see like, oh, at this point, they just dipped out when I started just like rambling. Oh, I know right. that I need yeah. to kind of just tighten it up or clean it up, right? So right. I just took a lot of like, look at the analytics and just realize there's really a formula and a structure that as long as you follow that, um, I don't want to say it's going to hit, but like it's going to perform well. You right. Know what I mean, right. So, yeah. So, because for your content, I actually saw something that uh, was interesting to me. Because before I was watching some of your videos and you were doing like more of long form content, but mm -hmm. recently on your YouTube channel, it looks like you're going exclusively with the short route. Is, yeah. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Well, when did that happen? So, I did an experiment about three months ago just posting shorts because I saw a few people like get some growth out of that. Yeah. And I just 
did an experiment where I made three shorts a day for three months. And then, um, it's a lot of shorts. Holy crap. It was a lot <laughs> and it worked. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I did see growth, but it was just, I got burnt out and mm. I was like, I can't do it. And then I just kind of like reevaluated everything because I can easily pump out three. I can pump out 10 videos a day and, and schedule it right uh-huh. for to last me for the week or whatever, three a day. But um, it's not quality. It's just quantity. So right? that's that's one thing that I noticed about you, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into like these other videos and stuff and like things that, you know, we both gravitate towards, a.k.a. like rollerblading. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. one video that you sent me, I ended up did watching, you know, um, I think in 2017 or 2018, you did that uh, video about skating in mm-hmm. Hawaii, right? Oh, yeah. Long yeah, form. Yeah, yeah. It was like 40 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. But what I took away from that watching it more so than, you know, your passion for rollerblading, like I said, we're talk about in a bit. Um, but the video quality and stuff was insane. You know, it felt oh, like it was you. a story. There was a message behind it. Things flowed well. Uh, audio was good. Like visuals were good. So then when I go and look at the short videos, I'm like, you can't really do much with the shorts. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of like editing you can do, not a lot of storytelling you can do. And I think shorts, it has to be captured on your phone, right? Or No, it just has to be vertical. Oh. So it can be shot on a uh, thing and then... On uh, a Sony? Yeah, yeah. And you, you just have to crop it, it vertical. You, oh, don't have, you can it. tilt it or crop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there's some level there, but... Like you said, it's still limiting because I think it's based off of time too. It's only 60 seconds for a short? Yeah, 60 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's probably your biggest like limiting factor then is time. Yeah, but I feel like that's the way that all platforms are kind of going too because if you look at like Instagram, TikTok was the first one. Well, it was yes. Vine, right? Yeah, it, it was started, Vine. started like, really right. pushing video and then Instagram got scared because they're like everyone's jumping over to Vine. <laughs> so yeah. then Instagram started having video, right? right? Then TikTok came out and kind of changed the game, I feel like for short form vertical video. Mm -hmm. And then they took so many of the other platforms like user base that everyone got scared. And it's kind of a big deal when YouTube, like the, like OG, like powerhouse. Yeah. 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 Like the video platform switches everything up and says, we're going to short form vertical video. Right. Yep. So it's kind of, it says something that all platforms are doing short form vertical videos. Yep. Cause uh, reels is what the Instagram version. So Mm -hmm. Facebook was like, okay, we need to do this. Google through YouTube said, okay, we need to do this as well. So you're definitely right. I'm wondering like any other kind of like Twitter or stuff is probably going to move in that direction too, even though they're text based. Right. I would think it's just because we're using our phone. Right. Yeah. So I kind of just kind of leaned into that because it, I can post it across all the platforms. So realistically, mm. any of the videos that I was posting on TikTok or Instagram, I just posted a shorts. Oh, and it just was an easy way for me to repurpose my content. So you make one TikTok video, mm-hmm. then you repost it as a YouTube short, mm-hmm. and then you also repost it as an Instagram reel. Correct, yeah. Oh. yeah. So I'm able to just repurpose all my content. I see. And then what's great too is I'll do a long form video, like a, a full recipe video. But then from that, I could pull out like five or six shorts. You know what I mean? Mm. Like here's the tools that I use to make this recipe right and then here's the technique that i used to make this recipe here's the recipe here's how i made the sauce for this recipe here's how i whatever this recipe so from that one long form video i can pull out six short forms and then i can spread that across all the platforms too so i was just getting more like how can i say it i don't want to say efficient with my time but like um 
resourceful with it, I guess you could say. Or I mean, it's good word, because yeah. some people don't, they only use one platform, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you're only posting on YouTube, you're never going to hit the TikTok audience that doesn't use YouTube, you know, yeah. or like conversely with Instagram and all of that. So that's really good that you're like repurposing because you want to ultimately a videographer and, you know, a content creator wants to get their content out to everybody. You know, yeah, you don't want to just limit yourself. And you want to have like multiple sources of income if possible, sure. you know what I mean? And then you want to show some like flexibility or versatility. And then it also helps you leverage with brand deals right? If your only following is on Instagram, um, you know, you can only leverage that so much, right? But Mm -hmm. if I say like, well, I got this much on TikTok, this much on YouTube, this much on these other platforms, I can kind of like upsell, you know, uh, to brands on uh, my reach or whatever it may be. So So for the monetization, because I've mentioned it a million times on the podcast, I don't have a TikTok. (laughs) I just, for me, whatever reason, I'm just feel like I'm too old for it. And I know there's like good content on there and stuff, but I'm like, I already have all of these other things that I'm looking at. I don't want to add one more, you know? Um, So I I stayed away from that. How how do you monetize on TikTok though? Is there like a fun, like on YouTube where, you know, there's AdSense? Yeah. There's, okay. Basically, after you hit like 10,000, you can get paid, but it's pennies. Like they don't pay that much. Yeah. Okay. And so what about for Instagram reels then? Is there a Instagram is monetizing now too. Oh, okay. so um, is that based off of views or it's based off of views as well, okay. which I think pays a lot better than TikTok. Like, okay. um, I think last month I got a million views and I made like twelve hundred dollars or oh, something nice. like that. Yeah, okay. so it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, for just for Instagram. Yeah, for okay. Instagram. Yeah. And then for YouTube Shorts, I, I've because I'm on the YouTube space. I know that Shorts before they didn't have any like uh, way to monetize. Yeah, you can monetize it. Now. You can monetize yeah. it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. The big thing is, um, you want it to be more than thirty-one seconds. Okay. And yeah. the reason for that is? Uh, they don't put an ad on a video that's less than 30 seconds, Oh, I think. okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so you have to be right between 31 and 60. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Because if you think about it, it's like, why would, no one's going to watch a 20, like 13 second ad to watch a 14, a five True. second video, right? True. Or they're, so they're not going to put ads on that, right? Is, okay. So I don't watch shorts usually on YouTube either. I, for whatever reason, I think the platform is too new. They're trying to figure it out because mm-hmm. you can't even create like custom thumbnails and stuff, it seems like. So when I'm looking at like the shorts, right? When I play it on the computer, is there, do I still skip ad like normally? Is that, yeah. And for your phone where you're supposed to be watching the shorts, is there a skip ad button as well? And I don't think you get paid. So I'm not hundred percent on this, but I don't think you get paid for any consumption on the short shelf through the phone platform. Really? Because it doesn't show you ads. See, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. See, and that's how I know it's it's so new. It's only what's seen on the YouTube, like if they watch it on the, the computer. desktop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. So <clears> see, <throat> that's that's a really interesting thing then because it's like how, is it profitable to monetize or to create YouTube shorts if there's no monetization behind it, you know? Well, shit, man, I got, oh, excuse me, but I know like, <laughs> Go for it. I know some friends. So this is why I did three a, three a month because, I mean, three a day for three months is because I had a few friends that were able to grow to 2 million subscribers in like this year and they're making like a lot of money. But is it based <laughs> off of the shorts or are they, is they it, only do shorts. They only they do shorts. They only do shorts. Hmm. And then, well, nah, let me, let me back up. They do a few long form vertical, vi- I mean, long form videos, Yeah, yeah. but they were making all of their money off of shorts at one point. And uh, I'm talking like, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. 20 to 40 grand a month. Off shorts. Because what's interesting about that is, you know, we have the High Connect Studios company and stuff. And so what we do is we help a lot of creators get brand deals, right? Mm So sponsorships outside of um, YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the AdSense that they're being paid. It's like actual like 
manscape companies or whatever yeah, yeah so when we talk to those companies obviously you can't put an ad on a short unless the whole thing is the ad because yeah. usually an ad is 30 to 60 seconds yeah. so you can't put a 30 second ad right before the short yeah which is going to be another 30 seconds it doesn't yeah. doesn't make sense so it that's just, why it's hard to quantify like how brands view that because it's hard for them to monetize on it so that's a lot of money left on the table if you don't have longer form videos yeah i, I would assume that the best way is to put a combination of shorts and you know your normal long term sh- long form videos yeah it depends too like sometimes brands they don't really necessarily they're not necessarily looking always for conversion off that one post you know like i mean definitely they're gonna want to see an investment on uh in return on investment Mm -hmm. right but i know some brands that i've worked with where they were just more uh concerned with just getting brand recognition in the food space Hmm, right so it's like we don't expect you to sell anything from this we just want people to know that we exist Mm -hmm. in the food right 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 right, right? in your niche right? right So it's that brand awareness is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. just want brand awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And then even like camera company, I work. I'm working with a camera company, and it's like they don't want. Everyone knows who they are, but like, if I made an ad about a camera in this food video, like no one's really going to care about it. They want to know about the food, right? But mm-hmm. if they know that I'm using this brand camera, then it they'll at least know, like, on. oh yeah, the quality of his videos, this and this and that. Oh, he's using these products. The right? best way to kind of like you know kind of uh, piggyback off of that and to show why people like big companies that already have a big name keep doing it. It's the same reason why on the Super Bowl you still see Pepsi commercials, even though everybody knows Pepsi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everywhere. But if you don't keep putting your name out there, it, you kind of get lost. You know, or something new will come along and you know they'll take that space. So that's why you still need to like have that awareness, even if you're Canon or Sony or whatever it may be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think too with the food space it's kind of blowing up and the game is changing in a sense because everything's going video right Mm. in the past maybe seven years ago or or even less it was food bloggers food photographers but now that all the platforms are pushing video brands need want people to that shoot video right and it's like we need food videos not food photos, Dude, right? This is my biggest thing, and it's so funny because I, I try to preach this to everybody, and some mm. people just don't get it. But thankfully, you said that, and that's beautiful because my thing, whenever somebody says, Oh, you want to be like Instagram famous, I'm like, Why? Why do you want to be Instagram famous? Because pictures and stuff doesn't do it anymore. Uh, you see the push for videos, like you mentioned, because when you think about like a brand, right, reaching out to do a deal. If you just have like a static picture of you holding up, let's say you're trying to sell a spatula and you're like this, you know, like (laughs) this doesn't tell me anything. And plus, when you're scrolling, it's just a static picture. So either you like it or you don't. You don't know what the heck the spatula is for. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I I know Philip. I like him. I'll like it. Yeah. That doesn't create like somebody going and wanting to buy that spatula or anything. Mm -hmm. Conversely, if it's a video and you're able to like talk about it and, you know, like an infomercial style, then you're like, okay, now I know what they're selling. Now I know what it is. That's what brands realize, and that's why the biggest platform where they give out the most money for sponsorships is YouTube because it's long-form content. They can talk about a product, and it actually sells better. Yeah, yeah. and Instagram is actually the lowest because it's getting better with reels and stuff, but just the picture content, nobody wants a static picture anymore. Yeah. That's like usually an add-on to your video content that they're paying you for. Yeah. And I think it's a platform, too, like YouTube. I mean, let me back up. Instagram or TikTok, I feel like those are passive like uh, platforms. Yes. So people are using those when they're killing time, yes. when they're waiting in line, when they're sitting on the toilet. You know what I mean? They're not actively engaging. Tr- engaging yeah, in it, yeah. Right? It's but just compared- kind of zombie mode. You're just yeah. scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, YouTube could somewhat be like that, but also YouTube's a search engine, right? So people are literally typing in search terms, how to, how to or even reviews, mm-hmm. right? So you got to think like if I did a review on an item, 
people are are already in the mindset that they want to make the purchase. Yeah, so you they just, just need, need to do validation a yes, yes. from someone that it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? And if you can position yourself on the platform as that person that says, yeah, this is dope, I like it or not, I like this instead, or I've used them both and this is the one that I prefer, you can help people make educated purchases and you're positioning yourself in a way to where you can help uh create that passive income with, you know, affiliate marketing or mm-hmm. through brand deals or whatever it may be. And yeah. it's like, you are literally putting yourself in that space to where people can just come to you for buying stuff. You know but you mean? have to, it has to be genuine and authentic though, because oh, if you're yeah. trying to sell that same spatula and that spatula, everybody knows is a piece <laughs> of junk. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, this is the best spatula I've ever used in my life. You guys need like 10 of these in your house. Yeah. Then they buy it and they're like, this is trash. Yeah. That hurts you, you know, because they're yeah. going to be like, I'm not going to trust this guy's review after this exactly. spatula, you know? Exactly. So you have to really be aligned. And uh, this is what a lot of people don't see behind the scenes. You mm-hmm. know, you get a lot of emails from companies that you have to do due diligence on. You need yeah. to check are these guys actually a real company? Is this just like some kind of drop skipping scam? Yeah. Are they reputable? Do they have sales? This is all stuff that people don't realize. So it actually goes a lot like more in depth on when you're trying to like find something to ma- uh, mesh with, you know, for your content. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of taking a step back, Philip, we kind of passed over this. You, How did you go from, I guess, from wedding stuff to cooking? That's such a random thing, you know? <laughs> like, are you a chef, like, by no. trade, or what is that? No, I'm not. I'm just a home cook. I'm just a regular-ass person. And um, I enjoy cooking. Um, so were you cooking before you did the videos? or Yeah, but okay. I wasn't doing anything, like, crazy. It was just, like, boxed foods and, like, I just pep up, like, stuff. And I'm still just learning how to mm. cook. I'm not... I think the big takeaway, I just want to put like right out right now is like I am proof that you don't have to be a pro at what you're doing to make a living from doing hey me too me too <laughs> right? like, yeah, I didn't know anything about sneakers before I started doing the channel yeah, yeah dude what's crazy is I came across your channel anyways like so long ago but mm-hmm. I um I'm just saying like you don't have to be a pro at it and I feel like that's like the biggest friction point for some people is like I need to know everything before I go on the internet and and, and try and put it out there mm-hmm. it's like well I don't know anything and I think it's just as long as you're not trying to position yourself as an a expert. know-it-all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like no, I'm going to try and learn this today, or I'm going to do this. Right. But I think that's what people want is authenticity. That's <clears throat> yeah. why you know it's like if I'm a, I'm just like you is kind of uh, the perception that people want, yeah. right? Like you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to get this perfect. I might burn these things, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm going to try, and you guys can learn from my mistakes. And it's yeah. better for me to make mistakes than you, you know. But we're working through it together. Yeah, yeah. I'm just showing you my experience. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what I'm it not is. trying to tell you what to do or how to do it. It's just like this is what I'm going to try and do and here's how it comes out oh interesting so there was yeah. no like pa- huge passion for like cooking oh no or all i love cooking oh, okay. like i i genuinely love cooking and it's something that i want to continue to pursue and get better at for the rest of my life even if you weren't doing the youtube stuff 100%. okay yeah yeah so i was already cooking and doing sort of things but i wasn't like taking it as serious as i do now in the past i would just make food and then i was like oh this is good whatever but I only have like my five or six go-to recipes, right? That's what most people need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then after I kind of did those videos, I was like, well, now I need to make new video. I need to make new content. Which so, means new recipes. And I have to learn new styles mm. of cooking and new everything. So that's what I'm so stoked on is like, it's almost like this journey is, uh, or this food content thing is making me be- become a better cook because I'm having to learn new tastes and new profiles. Mm. I used to, I, I am a picky eater. I used to be a very picky eater. Same. But now, I still am. Yeah. I, I, but now that I'm like trying to learn new food and cuisines and everything, I just taste everything now. Mm. Or like I'll order stuff I would never order off of a menu. 
just so I could taste it and then figure out like reference point for stuff in the future. Yeah. And understanding like, Ooh, these flavors go good with this. And you know, like that doesn't work. And, um, and then just try and make different foods. So it's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, so this is the complete opposite of me because I cannot cook for it. Like, <laughs> no, if my wife is watching this, she's going to be like, okay, you have to sit down and watch uh, Philip's videos for the rest of the day kind of thing and learn because I literally can make ramen. <laughs> <laughs> I can cook like breakfast stuff, but complicated things, you know, things that takes more than like three steps. I just don't do it. I don't know. For me, it's just like the whole concept of like cooking and stuff. I just don't enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. it's just. Because my time, I feel like my time is super valuable, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm trying to make content, trying to do all of these, run these businesses and stuff. So I'm like, I can't spend like an hour like boiling a stew. I yeah. feel like for you, you can do that because it's like you're you're filming your content and then you got to eat it, you know, and that works out. For me, that's an hour of time that I could do something else. And I'm 100%. like, why would I not want to just go to a restaurant and buy the stew, save X amount of time and I could do other stuff. And so that stew probably tastes better than what I would have made. Yeah. No, and I, I know the passion, like it's, it's supposedly tastes better when you make it yourself and all of this, but <laughs> not always, <laughs> okay, man. I've had some pretty, okay. sh- I've made some pretty shitty food. You heard that Mari. <laughs> if you're watching this, this is why I don't cook. And no, you said it's okay. I a hundred percent agree with you though. And it's just like, again, if you're not passionate about it, I wouldn't do it. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, you, like you said, you only have so much time in a day in a year and a month. Yeah. And, um, like even me, like there's some things that I would rather just outsource to that mm. I know I can do, but I hate doing it. You know what I mean? And if I can just outsource my laundry, that's yeah. like four hours that day that I could use to make exactly way more money than I would pay someone to do my laundry that day. Right. You know right, what I right. mean? Like I value my time way more than that. I'm not that at that level yet, but I could only see myself in the future being to where it's like, I rather outsource this than do it myself. Right. And I think with the food thing, it's even harder because like so many people and like chefs and stuff call like food, like art, like eatable art, you know, mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it's like a, like a art form, you know, you're kind of trying to create like a passion with it and, you know, like craft these like intricate things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even if you're like just doing home cooking, I feel like adding all of these different things in, trying out different spices or whatever, it does add, you know, that different, add a different taste or flavor to it. Um, but that's the thing is just because it's like art I have no passion for it you know Mm -hmm. like I was never an artist I don't know how to play music well and all of this stuff so I just think that part of my brain is not there (laughs) I don't see this as like a cool thing I'm just like this is there's too much like uh, ifs ands and things that could happen in it you know it's not like straightforward like A to B because it technically if you want to make like a cookie the cookie the final you know what the final product is but there's so many different things that you could add into it you know to make it better or try something Mm -hmm. different and that's the part where I'm just like I don't care yeah I know dude there's so much different types of cooking too and i feel like baking is one of the hardest ones really yeah because that's uh. like science like if you don't put the right oh, stuff at the right time yeah mm. it's very precise right uh, but I like see. i don't know cooking a steak it's like oh i can just throw that on the grill and then keep an eye on it and then see, like, but even the steak part it's like hard because once you get past like say you want like a medium right yeah once yeah. it's like well you can't go back you to medium you're stuck yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you gotta pay attention exactly so yeah, there's yeah. some parts there where i'm like my attention is like i i I'm always constantly thinking of like, okay, I have uh, emails and stuff to answer, you know, like right after this is done, I got to like mm-hmm. uh, call my team and stuff for my business. So all of these things are going in my head while I'm trying to cook like food and stuff. And if yeah. I miss those seconds, like you said, or whatever, it's like, it's, it's done, you know, yeah. and then you have to start over and I'm like, oh, you know, it's funny stress. that you say that though, because the opposite happens for me. Cause I get so stressed and I get so overwhelmed with my business too. Uh-huh. But when I cook, it's almost like meditative for me. Ah, I actually just turn some music on and I can just like prep all my food. Like during that time when I'm like, uh, you know, measuring and cutting up all the ingredients. Cause usually the process is like, you will 
pre-measure and pre-cut and pre-chop everything yeah so that way it's just all set and then that way when it's time to cook you can just you know put it together mm -hmm. right instead of like oh crap i need onions and then you got to dice an yeah, onion yeah, yeah. while your stuff's cooking right? right so that time is actually like meditative for me and it's mm. almost like i can just like zone out i can focus on getting those cuts perfect and i can like take my time and i see and i really enjoy that it's the cooking part that gets stressful for me once everything starts coming together because then like, you're on i gotta keep crunch. an eye on this yeah uh. my fiance's coming home and like you know, all the, sh the dishes are piling up now and shit's going crazy. Yeah. But like, um, that first half is the best part for me. And then, mm. and then the best part after all of that is being able to eat it and then hang out with the people that I cooked for, which yeah. I feel like is like the big one for me. Like I being see. able to, I don't know, like, uh, acts of service is like one of my love languages and to be able to like, you know, cook for someone and put a lot of effort into something and then seeing yeah. somebody appreciate that effort, you yeah, know, like yeah. It, yeah, so I it's kind of cool to do that. And um, I think that's what I like love about cooking too, and mm. just trying to learn new stuff. And yeah, so yeah, I guess it's like a I can kind of like piggyback that into like what I do for when I like I'm at the gym and stuff. That's where like my downtime is. I try my best to like stay off my phone and all of this stuff, and you know just kind of be in that moment. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like I can't turn off whatever's going on in here. There's just too many things going on. So maybe I should try cooking, and who knows? Maybe <laughs> yeah. I do have that meditative experience as well. But when you work out though, when you do get into that zone, you know you're in it when you're like focused on that pump right yeah when you're thinking about isolating that muscle yeah right to like really get that pump when yeah. you're pulling or pushing right and yeah. you're breathing and you're focused on your breathing it is a meditative space mm. where you're not thinking about anything but like that moment and that isolation i'm always thinking back because i love doing my back but um that's kind of how it is cooking like, i guess I'm so, so because you gotta cut on, like precisely and if you yeah. can't you can't like not focus on that one moment or you're going to cut your finger off. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. So it's the same. It's just like a different outlet, I guess I you see. could say, right? Okay. So, so I get just into toning that, in so. until like, yeah, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. See, I love learning all of these different things, man. And especially for like the cooking, it's something that is so foreign to me. Um, one of the things that I saw from your channel, which <laughs> put a note over here because I was like, this has not even happened to me yet. I've been uh, doing YouTube for four, five years now, five years, 2016, five years. Um, but I saw that your most viewed video is a freaking cookie recipe video, bro. <laughs> like literally like how to make chocolate chip cookies or some shit. Yeah. And then the amount of views was like 1.6 million or something ridiculous. And I was like, I don't have a video with a million views. And how does this cookie <laughs> recipe go that? So how did that like, is it easy for food videos to go viral or like what happened with that one? That looks like an early video from you too. That was when I started to go all in. That was January, 2020. Okay. And that was an experiment. No way. <laughs> that was an experiment too. And I was just like, so I'm very analytical looking at the YouTube thing. And I just thought about it and I was like, you know, recipe videos. I know all these recipes that my mom taught me. And I don't want to know them. I didn't not say that she taught me, but I know a bunch of different recipes, but if people have never heard of them, the possibility of getting discovered, discovering oh, those videos, you're not going to search that. No in, one's going right. to search for that. Right. So mm -hmm. the search volume isn't very high on this. So more than likely it's not going to get a lot of views. It's not going to do good. Right. Mm hmm. So I was like, what's the most basic ass recipe out there, right? And I was like, meatloaf and like pizza and like, and I was like, but what's something everyone like eats, right? And I was like, chocolate chip cookies. And I know the best chocolate chip cookie recipe. I've tried <laughs> hundreds. I swear to God, I've tried them all. Thank you for bringing some cookies today so we can try it. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what's funny is I have cookies. Oh, should have brought them. I'm trying to dump them on people. Oh, good. Someone Sorry to interrupt a, you. I was someone just like... sent me a box of cookies to like, anyways. I need a Philip cookie. Anyway, yeah. so you make this yeah. cookie recipe. So I was like, dude, I know a, a super solid one. 
and I just shared the recipe and then um, psh, boom, took off. And then COVID hit and then it really took off. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I huh. guess everyone just stuck at home and they're like, I need to cook. So. I've heard the baking thing during COVID was like a huge thing where oh, the, yeah, like flour and stuff was all gone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason why it was just like a perfect storm kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But, but even um, I think your second most viewed video is not baking related, right? What is? I think that one's like more is it pasta or something i can't remember uh i think it's probably lumpia my lumpia recipe oh, okay, okay so that was my first video my first, first video YouTube video was a lumpia wow. video and that's the one that took off and got me to a thousand subscribers Jeez, and so that's an interesting one because uh, a lot of people just heard the word lumpia and they don't know what the heck lumpia is you know yeah. like a filipino egg roll exactly yeah, but yeah. we were talking about the search term earlier how many people are actually typing in lumpia mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that's cool to see that you're like one of your most viewed videos is like a more obscure food yeah yeah and it was um it that's kind of the one that pushed me over the edge on like food content because I had a bunch of ideas like teaching people how to shoot weddings and rollerblading oh. videos and uh, Hawaii vlogs and mm. all kinds of stuff but the food ones kind of just stuck and then I realized it was because they're search heavy yep and I was like oh if I can just position myself on the platform as the solution to someone's search problem mm-hmm. then I have the ability to get caught and what's great even though the food space is very competitive it's very yeah you got to think in a sense of like okay let's say i want to look up a meatloaf recipe if i watch a meat if i look up meatloaf and i watch that meatloaf recipe after i watch that video i'm not gonna sit and say like wow that was a great video i want to watch this other guy's videos i'm gonna go look at another meatloaf recipe right Mm. and another one and another one because i want to see what is the common thing this is just me Mm -hmm. speaking personally but i want to see what is the ingredients that they're using? What's the difference between these ones? And then I'll end up either picking one or I'll kind of do a mashup of all of the recipes mm. from the things that I liked out of mm-hmm. it. So even though I might not be the first video that they watched, I'm going to pop up in the suggested videos. You know what I mean? Or I'll be recommended somewhere within that realm and I have the ability to possibly get picked up or discovered. I see. So you don't get paid off of your following. Following's a uh, a vanity metric, yes. right? Like subscribers don't, don't mean anything. Yeah, People yeah, think yeah. that it does. It doesn't followers, mean anything. All that doesn't mean anything. It's, it's on your views, yep. right? So as long as I'm creating content that people are looking for, that's all that matters. If we were to look at the analytics or that chocolate chip cookie video, there's almost 2 million views. Like 99% of those views are from people that aren't subscribed to my channel. Mm, but it's made, just a search engine. Yeah, but I made thousands of dollars off that video from people that aren't subscribed to my, vi- my channel, yep. right? So it's not really about subscriber it's about making content that people are searching for basically in a nutshell (laughs) so one yeah so one question that i do have is because for me like i said i'm an amateur like the literal literal amateur as a cook i I can i can barely turn on the stove kind of thing (laughs) um for me i would want to if i'm trying to like figure out like you know how to make a meatloaf right Mm -hmm. i would need to see everything step by step 100% 100% of it though mm-hmm. and I think this is like a thing that may- maybe people don't do in the food space because what I see like most of the time it's like those stupid like uh, I-, I can't remember what it's called like LA Bible or whatever thing is where it's like oh, they're yeah, just doing yeah, the yeah. thing like okay whip it's some eggs music. and then they do this yeah, in yeah. one second and I'm like I don't even know how to whip eggs yeah yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah wait slow down what are you mm-hmm. doing here with this so mm-hmm. if somebody were to like actually go like Okay, this is how long it takes, 45 minutes, 45-minute video, start to finish. Mm-hmm. That's where I think I would gravitate towards because mm-hmm. then I would play it and mimic exactly what's going on right next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, have you ever tried doing a long-form video like that or is it better in those quick spurts because people don't have time to watch all of it? Yeah, I feel like the way that tr- things are are moving too is that it's moving towards just a shorter really? thing. Really? Yeah. 
especially with shorts, right? So what I think though is that what's great about your mindset yeah. is that it can help in another way where I can make multiple videos, right? Mm. So I can make a video on me making meatloaf and the one 45 of, minute version. And yeah. then if you guys or want no, the five minute well, version, what I'm thinking is I would make a short version, right? But then let's say we get to the point where I was like, first dice some onions, right? And I just show it really quick. And I was like, if you don't know how to dice an onion, I have a whole nother video that you can watch on how to mm. dice an onion, right? And then they can learn how to dice an onion. Mm. And what's great is I can create multiple shorter videos that are heavily searched, all linked to one longer video that way, now I'm getting someone to not just watch one of my videos, but they'll watch multiple videos. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting multiple views from one person. And then I'm also having the ability to possibly convert them as a subscriber because they came across my channel more than one time, right? My thing with that though is if I was trying to learn how to do meatloaf, right? And okay, it's like, I don't know how to dice an onion. I'm not going to click away from that video yeah. and yeah, then, yeah, okay, yeah. learn to dice an onion and then click back, you know? Yeah, so that's yeah. why I think it, what would be interesting is to try to do the whole long form in one thing mm -hmm. and then break it down into like a five minute later for like the fast version, yeah, yeah, long yeah. version like and then live, fast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that might be beneficial in ex to an extent because I feel like there's a lot of people like me, you know, mm -hmm, who it's mm -hmm. like, if you skip a part. I don't know what the hell just happened. And then I just yeah. want to throw the food at the wall because I'm like, I, okay, well, you said dice this. What the heck is dice mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. like you can't just assume I know this. You know, there's <laughs> platforms out there though that are similar to what you are saying that oh, really? are made specifically for people that want to just like follow the recipe to a T like that. Mm. And where you can have each step be a video. It's like uh, dice an onion and then you can and then you can click the next step, next step. So uh, instead of it being one long video yeah. and you're able to kind of skip around. I think the reason why I don't think it would do well on... YouTube is because of audience retention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once, you know, you post this 45 minute video, someone only watches 20 minutes of it or even like 10 minutes or five minutes of it because uh -huh. they're like, oh, this is too long. It's not what I really wanted. They dip out. YouTube's going to look at it and be like, oh, this isn't like good content. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to recommend it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where like the fallback would be on like the longer I videos. See. Okay. Yeah. But if sense. there's like a shorter version, like you said, but let's say I did have a long, a shorter version that, I know is just going to be good. And then if I said like, I have a full in-depth detail version of this video here, if you just want to watch it, then like having like two options mm, is great, yeah. which I think would be awesome. I, I don't know. I was just trying to figure that out because yeah, there's no yeah. way that I can learn like off of a five minute, how to yeah. make a meatloaf. It's just not going to happen. No, that's really good <laughs> insight though, from someone that, you know, is trying, that would want to learn to cook. Cause it's true. It's like, I don't know how to dice an onion. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to do, I, there's a lot of things that I didn't know how to do that I have to YouTube search. Yeah, beat an egg. It's like, it's just so ridiculous. Like I don't, some people don't know what that means, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. It's like, do I add water to that? Do I, do I add air <laughs> yeah, to exactly. that? Do I, if I use a whisk, if I do overbeat it, like it's going to be fluffy. You know what I That's, mean? These are all things that go through my head, man. Yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah, when yeah. they do those like quick, like videos and they're like, okay, beat, beat this egg. And it's like two seconds. I'm like, what the heck just happened? You know? And I'm like, okay, now I got to pause this, figure out, to, like match the picture to what I'm doing. And I'm like, this is too much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should be like, oh, usually it takes like a 60 seconds to beat an egg fully or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, uh, that's my thinking. Anyway, I, like I said, I'm a food novice. I know nothing, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I like people like you are so like important, you know, in the space. Um, but going back to the competitive nature of like food and stuff, what sets different people apart? Because I feel like it is a very oversaturated market, you know, mm -hmm. where everybody wants to be like a home chef. Uh, obviously we know like thumbnails and stuff are important, but ultimately like, I don't understand like if there must be like a million people that did how to bake chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. What sets yours off versus somebody else? I really don't know. 
Um, mm. I mean, I definitely look and analyze the food space a lot, uh, food content creation space a lot. And I even try and figure out like, where am I at in this space, right? Mm -hmm. Like I look at some food content creators and all of the content and food that they make is very high end, right? Mm. This is all like very like polished, not just the quality of their video, but like the quality of their food, mm -hmm. right? This is, looks like it would be served at like a Michelin star restaurant. Mm. You're like a really good high end cook. I would never make this, yeah, right? Cause yeah. I just don't feel like I can execute that. Yeah. But it's like, who are you making content for? Because now at this point, like the people that are consuming your content would never make it either. Or it'd be like $20 to make that. And that's too much for yeah, the average hundreds family. Hundreds of yeah. dollars. Oh yeah. Right? yeah like yeah, this yeah. could be like a thousand dollar Wagyu plate. Right? right. Right. But I think that's where it's kind of like, well, the people that are watching that aren't people that plan to cook it. Yeah. They just are entertained with the idea of like making those things. Right. Mm. But then you have like the food porn people who are just like making really obnoxious food that like probably isn't even good. Right. And it's definitely not good for you. Right. And it's just like super cheese pulls and like handful of crushed up Cheetos and like, you know what I mean? Burrito. Like that's just like, that's one segment for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's like a whole nother group. And then you have like the sheet pan cook who just cooks everything on a sheet pan. You know what I mean? Then you have like the instant pot chef who cooks everything in an instant pot. Mm. Right. Or the crock pot girl or whatever mm -hmm. guy, whatever. Right. So there's so many different niches and spaces. It's like, for me, I'm like, well, how do, where do I even want to position myself in this space? And, um, I think I'm actually moving out of the cooking space and I'm moving more into how to make cooking videos, how to make cooking videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I know way more about filming and video production than I know about cooking. Well, see, I didn't even know that because when you said you did the wedding stuff for it, Mm -hmm. over 10 years I did, had no idea yeah but it so, makes sense now that you're saying it after watching like your quality of content and stuff yeah yeah and people are always asking me what camera did you work what are you shooting with what how did you record the audio lighting mm. blah 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 mm. so I actually am transitioning out of the food space into the how to make food video space because mm. I know way more about that unfortunately or fortunately I need to make cooking videos to make how to make cooking videos. <laughs> Does that make sense? I need to film cooking content. Oh, I see what you're to saying. Film yeah, 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 yeah. How to make cooking content. Ah, yeah, right? yeah, I see. So you're double dipping. Yeah, yeah. So what's great too is that I'm almost just using me as a case study as well. Right. Because my goal is to just help other food content creators go full time making food videos. So with that, would you start two different channels then, or would you just put I'm it all just in the same? I'm going to do it all in one channel. Do you think that would be a conflict, or though, because some people are only looking for like you know videography stuff, but then it's blended into some food videos as well, you know? I do and I don't because both of them are search based, mm. right? So technically, if someone's going to search for a recipe, they're just going to watch my recipe, right? And if someone's searching for a solution to a video pr problem, they're going to watch my food thing, right? or how to shoot food stuff. And I'm actually growing more of a following or a community around how to shoot food stuff. Mm -hmm. I have a Facebook group in the thousands oh, cool. and it's YouTube cooking creators. And I have an email list that I was growing. I'm coming out with a course on how to shoot cooking videos. Nice. And um, anyways, that space has been growing more and I can see them wanting to watch my food videos just to, under just to see the video structure mm -hmm. and quality and, you know, audio and all those sort of things, not necessarily to make the recipe. Right. right. So it's, and then I'm also coming in, in the space of like a full-time food content creator. So I'm also trying to teach them how to get brand deals, mm. how to market yourself, how to price your, your food content, how to 
create your uh, your schedule, your cooking schedule, or your like content calendar, and mm-hmm. script your uh, script your recipe videos, and start a blog, and all those sort of things. So I'm actually repositioning myself now as not just the food creator, but I'm trying to teach other people that because there's so many people that do this already for free. Yeah. There's so many people that cook at home take a picture on their phone or film stories of every step mm-hmm. and then are posting those stories on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, if you just took all those stories, made it into, and cut them down to clips and put it, put it, made it in a one minute video, you would have a cooking video. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just trying to help them. Like, did you know that you can get paid doing something you already do for free at your house? Mm. You know? So I want to help you polish that up and then be able to present it online to where you can possibly make income. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a it's a hard road though because I feel like what's difficult is that uh everybody like, you know, if you have a group of like a thousand or something, mm-hmm. and this is just me playing devil's advocate trying to think of like, you know, possible situations. If you have a thousand people that are learning the same thing, that's a thousand more competitors, you know, mm-hmm. in the same space. And we already know that the food market is so saturated. Yeah, yeah. So I think it really is like diversification of figuring out what your niche is first Mm -hmm. before even like learning anything else because then you don't want to like create somebody's like hopes up and stuff and saying you know like oh it's just doing this you know what you were already doing Mm -hmm. but if you do that and then a thousand other people do that it's like okay which of these are am I going to pick now I'm going to pick the person that looks more appealing so it's based off of like the person's looks or whatever yeah more so than the food because there has to be a differentiation well I think that's the thing too it's like going back to that person that makes meals that no one can ever make because Mm -hmm. it's just so expensive it's like why are people attracted to their content then it's because of that person, right? So we can have a thousand people make the same exact recipe. And of course, people are going to gravitate towards a person that they like Personality, the most, right? Yeah, yeah. So realistically, you're not really pushing your content. You're pushing yourself as a mm. prom- as a content creator. Right. Right. So that's the real leverage. And I feel like for our content creators is like what makes you unique? What makes you different? And then putting that into your videos and showing up as, you know, yourself. Right. I think that's going to be really what makes people more successful. And then even just to backtrack off that, doing something that you're actually passionate about. You know yeah, I mean? that's yeah. the other thing too. Because if like, you're not really passionate about it and you just want to be famous and yeah. you just want to do like, you'll do anything to be an Instagram celebrity, like you're going to fail because it's like, you're not really passionate about it. And when it's not working out, you're just going to drop out. You yeah. know what I mean? You're just going to give up. It's a lot right? of waste of time too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got to really actually be passionate about cooking and your food and filming it because it's work it's like so much work. it's a lot of work yeah yeah one of the really interesting things when we're talking about you know these different lanes and stuff and you know you're talking about fine dining and high quality food mm-hmm. dude one of the things that i was like remembering just right now when we're talking was one of these binges that i had where it was this guy in prison making prison food like oh yeah 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 like he the, was just uh, like different ramen and stuff. And yeah the, yeah yeah and he's showing chips. like the calorie yeah, counts yeah, and stuff yeah. he was like a bodybuilding dude i was like that is interesting you know seriously and, and i guess just stuff you never think about and stuff you don't see and so it's like okay Damn, that's what i want to watch yeah no i can't remember the guy's name yeah no i know exactly <laughs> what you're talking i know who you're talking about yeah yeah and he made these like prison nachos it was like a doritos bag and then he filled it with like a bunch <laughs> yeah. of different stuff and he crunched it all up yeah that was yeah, cool yeah. though Dude, right seriously and that technically is cooking video 100 you know? oh, yeah, yeah yeah and everyone has their levels and doing whatever right and everyone yeah. has their niche which is so cool and like there's so many different ethnicities and so many different cuisines and so many different diets and mm. so many different like outlooks on 
whatever you want to cook. So you can really do anything you want in that space. I I envy you or I envy the cooking people because when I think about sneakers, man, it's very, it's, it's a complete opposite. There's only so many things you can do. And we'd look around and like, um, you know, my peers and stuff, it's unboxings or it's reviews and that's, Mm-mm-mm-mm. or vlogs of going to the store mm-hmm. and you see the same thing repurposed all the time, Yeah, which yeah. is why I was getting kind of burnt out over it. Cause I'm like, there's, there's, this is it, you know, like, there's no changes happening in this space. I mean, th- thankfully, you can kind of do it forever because there's always going to be new shoes dropping. So an unboxing but of the a, money something new. too, right? You got to buy good. the shoes too. It's, I yeah. mean, like you have to like the overhead, I guess oh, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That that's all, that's like, probably one of the things why I think yeah. why people like it is because they see stuff you can't normally have because it's true, too expensive. True, true. Yeah. But still, I, there's not really room for diversification or things mm-hmm. that you don't see things that happen like come out of nowhere you know like prison cooking kind of stuff like that's just not gonna happen you know like yeah, yeah. the shoes are shoes it's gonna be a review it's gonna be an unboxing it's gonna be a custom or that's it so there's yeah, very few lanes which is or very cleaning, interesting or like yeah a, yeah, yeah exactly or, or, or cleaning. swap or something i kind of watch them that yeah stuff. see but it's, it it's so holes. yeah but it's so like err uh, and Dude, for the thing you, for, go ahead go ahead the thing for me, like Seth Fowler, he does the best sneaker reviews, right? I'm not going to go watch another video on a sneaker review once I watch Seth Fowler's one. Whereas like for you, when it's, you're saying like, okay, I want to make a meatloaf, you're going to watch three or four different guys because they have a different approach. Ultimately, the review is the same for the shoe. It's just you're looking for justification to buy it. So you just yeah. want people to like uh, say, yeah, this is a good purchase or not. So maybe you'll look at more than one. But for me, I just really want to see the shoe close-ups, all of this. So I'm only going to watch one, Yeah, which yeah. means that that lane is taken, you know, so I you can't you. do any more reviews. If somebody wants to come and do a review, it has to be better than Seth's view or you better be pre- presenting something better than what he's doing yeah. in order for me to take that view mm-hmm. away from him to go that lane. It doesn't always have to be better. It just has to be different. Uh, yeah, you know? or different. Yes, yeah, but yeah. it's it's like I said with shoes, it's very hard. <laughs> it's True. a piece of leather. You know, you can only talk about the same qualities over and over. Nah, Food I, is so much different. Yeah. Like I hear you too. Like when I look at like TikTok dancers, mm. right? I like I'm jealous of them because they could sit and do like 50 dance moves in like an hour, mm-hmm. and they can pump out a month's worth of content uh, yeah, in yeah. one hour. Yeah. Right? It's quick. quick. I can't make. 20 recipes in a day. No. I can only do one because I have to eat this food too, right? <laughs> so it's point. like, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's like, I can't just cook. I mean, I could cook like 10 meals one day mm-hmm. and then have 10 videos done that day. But it's like, what am I going to do with all this food, mm-hmm. right? And like, I don't waste it. I eat it. Mm-hmm. So, or my neighbors get to eat it and they're stoked. But like, I can't batch shoot my content either. So it's like everyone has their thing. And I think it's just a matter of like, just working with what you got and like kind of going from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think it's big to kind of try and step outside of the platforms in a sense too, where it's like, it's one thing to make content, but it, I think it's another thing to try and figure out a, another side of the business that you can own that is kind of like, I don't say bigger than just like the content itself, but you know, just diversifying that niche in your business too, right? And that's, yeah, that's exactly what, you know, I'm, I'm realizing in all of this stuff too. And a lot of people don't realize there's an end to your content creating career. It's very, very hard to stay relevant for over 10 years. We look at, you know, YouTube has been around since 2006 or 2007 or something. There's very, very few people that started back then that are still on the platform and relevant now. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, if you try to stay in the same space, even if you diversify and stuff, you're going to get, phased out eventually and that's the problem it happens with movie stars and all of this stuff you know Mm -hmm. people you watch like 10 years ago that were a-list stars they're not even like extras in a movie anymore it just happens and so if you don't have the diversification of figuring out like life beyond the content Mm -hmm. then you're going to get stuck and that's the problem yeah Yeah, and i think too too. like a lot of times people want to stay on the platform 
and ride that wave for the income that you get off of that. But it's so out of your control too, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know how many views I'm going to get this month. Yeah, yeah. And that's I don't know if they're going to change their algorithm, algorithm or they're going to change their payout. True. Right. And I put all of my time and effort into just making content, hoping that this platform is going to like reward me with money. Mm-hmm. And if anything changed, I'd be screwed, right? Mm-hmm. If all these platforms changed all their stuff, I'd be screwed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's important for a lot of people to try and create a business outside of that. And I really look at these social media avenues as more of just a marketing tool, mm-hmm. right? I'm just that's using true. this to market my business or market my future products that I want to sell and, and push and help, right. help other people with. So, you really, know, one thing for you that I think would be very interesting. And I was just thinking about this on the spot again. Um, you were mentioning like, you know, you're you're limited by the amount of food you can eat in a day when you make a cooking recipe. I think it would be an interesting concept and one that I've not seen on YouTube before where you're doing massive cooking, where you're doing cooking for like 10, 20 people. And then because you can't eat that food, we have a homeless problem in Hawaii. Oh, It'd be yeah. super sick to vlog, you know, like, okay, giving meals to the homeless based off of this. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, obviously, that takes a lot of overhead because you need to pay for all these ingredients and stuff. But that would be interesting to see because it'd be fun to see like... You know, you got to make a massive meatloaf or, you know, you got to make yeah, like yeah. 20 lasagnas or some shiz. And it's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. You know, like yeah. all of this. And then the end goal, you know, is obviously for a good cause, like yeah. helping out homeless and stuff. I we think that'd be an interesting thing. Give a lot of food away to the homeless a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I film because I don't want it to be like a you prop know, to yeah, look yeah, at yeah, me, yeah. like giving food away. You right, know right. what I mean? Like I'm I such always a good about, guy. You don't need to film that last part. too. You can yeah, just say yeah, that yeah. you're going to do it because it's clear like this man's not going to eat 20 lasagnas. Yeah. But it's like at least it puts it in this is my thing with like you know that if you anytime you like talk about like your good deeds and stuff it's a bad thing i'm like not necessarily yeah because by just saying like okay at the end like okay i got these 20 lasagnas i'm gonna go you know uh i'm gonna head out i'll talk to you guys later i'm gonna go drop these off at my Mm -hmm. local like you know food bank or whatever Mm -hmm. just that idea where it's like okay that's something that i could do too that's helpful and you're not trying to like promote yourself or you know like get brownie points or you know like no, yeah. all of this so i think that's cool but yeah the mr stuff beast is like a perfect example exactly. of that right like right. he puts a lot of he gives a lot of money away on the internet for right. like the less fortune or whatever exactly and he doesn't come off as like that it's just all on how you finesse that right? yeah like, it's yeah, true yeah. the guys with the thumbnail where you're like this in front of the homeless guy and yeah. he's holding up a hundred dollar bill that's like the yeah that's yeah, weird yeah, yeah. and what's even grosser is that some of those videos are fake and mm. it's just their homie dressed up as a homeless man <laughs> so yeah, he doesn't yeah, even yeah. give them money they're just like social experiments sometimes like, what is like, this dude yeah, so, yeah yeah but we truly in hawaii we have a massive problem with that so it, it's like that would be a cool thing to see maybe yeah. down the road you know and then you can like enter like a philanthropy thing and you know turn that into like a non-profit and that's another thing that you could do outside with the yeah cooking. no so who knows? Definitely. long-term goals yeah you know honestly like yeah that would be so awesome to get to that point yeah yeah i mean that's what mr beast did like we said so he started his philanthropy channel but that's cool man this is what's awesome is that you've only been in it for like basically two years Mm -hmm. even maybe one year so you have so much room for growth still and you have like all of these ideas which i really like and you know i just like seeing the growth with you and that's why i'm so happy to have you on yeah thank you so much for having me here oh yeah no problem man i I love hanging out with you the other thing though that we're gonna move away from cooking is and i didn't know this and it was so funny when we were talking about it i was like (laughs) the rollerblading stuff dude i was like oh yeah i was you were talking about we had jason park on and you were listening about the rollerblading and you're like do you rollerblade and i was like yeah i used to do that a lot and you're like Oh, watch this. And you actually are like very, very into it. When did that start for you? Dude, I started rollerblading in 1996. Jesus. I, well, actually, I think that's about when I that was That was doing the it time. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right when it blew up X, X games, games, all that stuff. So I started in 96 and then I skated till about 2000. 
Okay. And then um, I moved back to the mainland in California. Okay. And then I quit for a little bit. And um, it wasn't until maybe like 2005, I bought another pair of rollerblades just because I saw them at like, I don't know, Sports Authority or whatever. Yeah. And then I they built a new skate park at my uh, hometown in Fairfield. And I was skating out there for a little bit. And then um, I bought a camera because I got back into filming and I was filming out there too. And then um, randomly one day, these rollerbladers all came. Like all these pro rollerbladers that like I used to watch in videos that you're like my idols. Yeah. There and they were filming there. It was like, it was someone's birthday. Oh, and they threw okay. like a random like birthday barbecue at the new skate park. That okay. I was at. And I just met all these new people for the first time. And I'll never forget... I don't know if you know who Vinny Minton is. I can't remember that. Um, one. Anyways, he's he's a professional rollerblader. He was a wedding cinematographer. Oh wow! And then he was <laughs> like, "Hey," um, he saw that I had a dope camera. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, would you want to ever come like film with us?" And I thought he meant skating videos. Yeah. But he actually meant wedding's. And oh he's what like, the? Yeah, he's like, we don't make any money rollerblading, right? There's no money oh, yeah, in the industry, true. right? Yeah. But we, I own a wedding production company. If you want to learn how to shoot weddings, I can you know show you Whoa. the ropes and he's like but you know i can only pay you like 25 an hour and i was like 25 Holy an hour yeah. <laughs> i was like dude i do this for free <laughs> and i was like i do do this for free but he kind of helped me jump start my wedding business and Jeez, so actually the catalyst for everything in your life was from a rollerblading roller yeah. yeah well wow. what's crazy is because i wanted to make rollerblading videos mm. right so i was watching a lot of like vg and video groove and all that david Payne, and he was making all these dope skating videos and I was like, I want to make skating videos. So that's how I got into it in 1996. Yeah. I was shooting on my dad's VHS camera, skating videos. And I was editing them on VCRs. And then uh, that's kind of where my passion started. And then, yeah, I, it transitioned into weddings because Vinny put me on. I did a bunch of weddings on the ba in the Bay Area. And then I was like, dude, I want to move to Hawaii and, and finish my degree over at UH. Mm -hmm. So I moved here in 2009. And then uh, November 2009 is when I moved here. I was able to go full-time wedding cinematography January 2010. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. And I had no idea. Like, yeah. I was here for like one year and then less than a year, a couple months. That's insane from rollerblading. Yeah. But, okay, so did you hear a little bit of the Jason podcast then? Yeah, yeah. I was telling him, and he said he doesn't feel this, but as a fellow rollerblader, there is some like discrepancies at the park, right? Where rollerblading has been looked down on like pretty much its entire existence. Next yeah, to skating. for sure, for sure. Right? I mean, yeah, because it was like the fitness thing, right? Like everyone looked at like rollerblading as a fitness thing, and it was kind of just like lame. But I will say that Hawaii is different because everyone knows everyone. Yes, and it's like you can't be a jerk to someone at the skate park because you're gonna see them the next day, right? That's or true. you're gonna okay. see them around, or you're gonna see them downtown or whatever. And everyone, and we're all grown now. Like I'm like 40 years old. And, but uh, because you lived in California, I lived in Vegas when I was skating the most as a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's different in the mainland, 100%. right? 100%. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, That's yeah. What I was way, trying different, to get at. way different, way okay. different now. Yeah, and now it's like the scooter that. kids. Everyone hates the scooter kids, <laughs> which is sad because it's like, it's at the same time, they're just in the way. You know what I mean? But the there's actually like kids. really good professional scooter kids. Dude, there's though. some people that can like kill it on a scooter. Unbelievably killing it. Yes. And I'm just like blown away. I don't hate on any of them. No. It's just like the little kids that just don't have any park etiquette that just kind of zip around and zoom around and that's dangerous. It is. You know what it I mean? Yeah. So I think that's the big thing. But, um, and I think that's how it was back in the day because everyone thought rollerblading was cool. So everyone bought rollerblades for a short amount of yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. For like 
two-year sliver but then everyone was in the way right everyone's just going to the skate park right and then they were just kind of like causing problems and then i think that's why they just got kind of a bad rap maybe i have no idea what it is man because i used to love it like my first pair of i had like cheap rollerblades from walmart or something at the start because my parents didn't have a lot of money but one of the things that i remember like vividly this was a christmas present from my grandma uh she ended up getting me a pair of uh, solomon st10s which at the time was such a sick pair, bro. Like, I think that's what um, blue, Edo and Takeshi used to use. It was the blue ones. Yeah. Those you had those? Dope. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. So those were awesome. I got them from Bike Factory over here. Wow. See, okay. So I had it somewhere in the mainland. But I remember, I think one of the Yasutoko brothers were using those. So I was like, this is freaking awesome because they were Asian and the X Games doing triple backflips. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be like these guys. I skated so much with those. Those things are ran into the ground. I don't even know where they are anymore. Um, but... When I ended up moving back to Hawaii, I, I think I went to the park maybe like once or uh, no. Here I take it back. When I moved back to Hawaii, I moved to Kauai. That's my home island. Mm. Yeah, Kauai I think has like two skate parks, if that. And so I didn't even know that they existed because it's just skating on Kauai is not a really big thing. Even mm-hmm. like skateboarding, mm-hmm. uh, there's a few obviously, but it's not as big as like on Oahu. So I was just like, okay, I'm, these are pretty much done. The roads are so bumpy, you can't even skate yeah, around. I was like, yeah. okay, it's literally, if you're not a skate park, these things are useless. So I just threw them in somewhere. Um, when I ended up coming up over here recently, I, I saw there was a lot of skate parks and stuff, but I was, you know, in college and I was like, I don't have time for this or whatever. So I ended up getting a pair of like K2s, I think, like two years ago or something. I went to the park for the first time in like forever, like literally like over a decade. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. But then I looked around and I was like, Damn, there's no, no rollerbladers here. I'm screwed. <laughs> so when yeah, you told yeah. me that, and you have like this whole page and stuff on Instagram, I was like, there's actually a kind of decent community here. Yeah, Aloha Blade Crew. Look them up. Aloha Blade Crew. They're the best. And yeah, super solid community. Even on the other islands too. Really? Yeah, and Kauai just has a new built a new skate park. Too. Is it in Kapaa? That one? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. See, that's the only one I think that was actually like yeah, a skate park. Yeah, they like park. redid it or whatever. Nice. Yeah, you know, you know, a life, right? The the clothing brand, yes, A-Life, yes, yes. they the, did a collab with USD, another rollerblading, uh, rollerblading company a few years back too. Really? And that was like controversial, but big. Yeah. Wow. They made a rollerblade. Dude, see, <clears> and this <throat> is the problem. Like one of the things that I noticed when I was just trying to get like those K2s and stuff, I was like looking up Solomon STs and stuff. They don't make these anymore. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to buy a pair of blades. It's so hard because yeah. there's like nobody creating these anymore. Yeah. Well, there's a new companies that have come out and there's a few that are st- that stuck around. I think the biggest issue with the rollerblading industry is that they're so expensive. Right, like a pair of rollerblades now is like three, at least two hundred dollars. That's right? a pair of Jordans. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a mom uh, and your kid wants to do a sport, mm. right, and you know how kids are, they're like into something for a week and then they're yeah, out, yeah, right, yeah. or they're not really into it, right? Would you rather buy them a two hundred pair of rollerblades that they might grow out of next year? Yeah. Or a forty five dollar skateboard that from Target, you won't grow right? out of or because, a scooter, right? Right. Uh, for like less than that, right? Less than a hundred. What a perspective, right? right? Yeah. So I'm gonna buy my kid the most. Inex- we just want to get him to the skate park. Let's just get him a scooter. Let's just get him on this like gateway version, gateway wow. drug of a yeah. board, right? Like a Target Nash, whatever. Cheap, yeah, 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 cheapy. And then if he really likes it, then we'll upgrade him because even the even a skateboard you can build a complete skateboard for like a hundred bucks yeah right? and there's like no a pretty good one there's right? no cheap option if you want an aggressive inline blade yeah there isn't they're, there's all, not. they're all like and the cheap option is 200 bucks and like a, yeah. a really like a pro model boot is like 500 dollars now jeez man yeah. yeah so it's crazy i but, never thought about that that's mm-hmm. very enlightening yeah if you but, think about it so that's why it's like a struggle to start but there's mm. a lot of new companies that are coming out that are like just like rollerblades right 
and it's kind of becoming a fad skate roller skating and all of that stuff it's really coming back around those are with the four on the side though right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so that's all coming around and it's really kind of blowing up and then because of that what's funny is there's actually skateboard brands that are selling rollerblades now really yeah there's a skateboard shoe company i forget what it is but they sell uh an impala it's called an impala they're rollerblades but they're like neon like crazy looking rollerblades but they're huh. really cheap they're like a hundred something dollars oh interesting but it's funny that to see like a skateboard brand uh invest into the industry because they see that it's on the upswing again i think it is like a cyclical thing i don't yeah, think it's yeah. ever like going to be a mainstay unfortunately mm-hmm. like skateboarding but the fact that it is cyclical is kind of cool mm-hmm. um it's just it, I, I wish it had more popularity because I thought yeah. it was a really cool concept. You know, I, honestly, you go a lot faster on rollerblades than you can on a skateboard if you're yeah. traveling somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just say it, it's a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier. Freaking hard. Yes, that's why it I could never do it. So hard, right? Yes. So the uh, the learning curve on rollerblading is a thousand times easier. I can just put them on. I can jump onto something. I'm good, right? Yeah. But if I had to do that on a skateboard, it's so hard to jump up a curb. Yeah. I can just step up on a curb on rollerblades, right? Right. Skateboard, I have to ollie up that. That would take me a month to learn, right? Longer. That's And that's true. why a lot of people give up on skateboarding, right? So uh, I feel like the only people that are really like still skateboarding are the ones that like. Are dope. You know what I mean? Not That's dope, true. but you know what I mean? Like, I don't, let me rephrase that. The people that stick with skateboarding are the ones that can overcome the, f- they're like really in on it. Yes. Like, yes. You yes. know, if you get, if you can make it a month after skateboarding, like you're really invested in it. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause, yes. cause, cause the learning curve is so hard, right? Yeah. But, I, um, the thing with the, with um rollerblading too though is like the if the falls and stuff are unforgiving oh yes because with the thing i didn't realize it because i don't skate too often but i think we were talking about it with jason a little bit you can bail out on a skateboard yeah you can't bail out on your rollerblades they're stuck to your feet man yeah yeah yeah. those things are heavy so if you're going down you're going down yeah yeah you gotta learn how to fall (laughs) it's true yeah instead of how to like bail but one thing i like about skateboarding too is that you don't you don't like there's, it's difficult to like carry your rollerblades. Like if That's I'm rollerblading somewhere yeah. and I want to hop heavy. out and onto a bus or if I want to like walk into a store Hold to up. take my rollerblades yeah. off <laughs> and then I have to put my shoes on skateboarding, I just pop it up and walk in. Right. True. So there's like all these little things like, cause I skateboard too. Oh, okay. And, um, there's all these little things that like, I'll, s- it's funny. Cause like, even I have a, f- I have like a rollerblade friend. He's just so anti-skateboard. And I'm like, dude, skateboarding is the most, skateboarding is a thousand times harder than rollerblading. It is. Right? It is. But because rollerblading is easier, you can go bigger on rollerblades. So it's yeah. kind of like a double edged sword in a sense. Like, yeah. yeah, it's easier, but now I can do like a f- 900 and grind this rail compared to like a kickflip and grind this rail. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I guess I can see that. Yeah. There was a point in time. I remember um, when I was in college, this was probably about 20. 2009 or 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. um, they came out with those things where you just strap those two wheels onto your shoe. Do you remember what those are called? No. They're, oh, shit. They were a thing. So literally what would happen is you had like this, like, it looked like a rollerblade, right? But it's just a flat platform. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, like a mini boot thing. Uh, it had two wheels only, and you would just strap it onto whatever uh, shoe you were wearing. <laughs> just step into it. Yeah, and, and it yeah. was actually like kind of dope like it wasn't like just some novelty thing like mm-hmm. there's some kids that were like killing it with these things and i was like those almost look like rollerblades but they're not um but that in my head i was like that would make it a hell of a lot easier because then you could just throw it on any shoe yeah. you don't need to take it on and off like as you know hard as it is you know what it is they so they came out with a rollerblade that you can just step into with your shoes now and is you it can good strap though? it in yeah it's actually really good really yeah and it's like one of the dopest rollerbladers is it's his pro model Huh. Yeah, Eugene something. I can't pronounce it. Any name. shoe or 
Uh, it you can buy a shoe that's made specifically for it. Uh-huh. But yeah, you could do some like Jordans. They're gonna get messed up. But oh, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> but they make a boot that you can wear in it too. Oh, interesting. I gotta go look at that because I, yeah, I always thought that would be like the USD. barrier. But it must be super heavy still. No, it's super light because really? it's just like a shell in a frame. I mean, rollerblades are heavy in general, but like, um, I would say they're pretty light and. Huh. Yeah, they just look weird though. Oh, I mean, yeah, it looks yeah. awkward. Yeah, yeah, a lot of huh. them look weird. Okay, well, that's always a thing. But yeah, I, I want to get back into it. And when I did try, you know, I bought those K2s or whatever just to try to get back into it. Um, it muscle memory and stuff is there. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm freaking old now, Dude. bro. Dude, I get tired. Yeah. Just Yeah. I was like, holy F. Yeah. I don't remember like being like this fatigued and like this sore and stuff. 100%. Yeah. When you eat a fall, it's like, okay, oh. the bruise stays there for a little bit longer now, yeah. you know? <laughs> Dude, I went skating on Sunday. I'm still sore. Dude, like my groin, my leg is like my ankle pop. I don't know if you can hear I heard it. that. Yeah, I heard my it, yeah. ankles, my, my wrists. I'm fully padded too. I look like I'm going to go play football. Oh, you wear pads? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I got okay. a helmet, everything on. Because really? I just, well, dude, like I have important things to do. <laughs> yeah, and see, like if I fall and get hurt, like I'm I'm out of business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't do that no more, you know? so Is this a common thing then? Because I'm going to invest in pads and try it out dude, again. Dude, 100%. I mean, my boys don't usually wear pads, but like I Is wear, that all they do though? Is like that's like they don't have like a career that relies on them, you know, being a hundred percent all the time. I mean, they definitely don't want to get hurt. You of know course, I mean? nobody and would like, does. Yeah. But and the, you know, they have like careers and jobs, but I think, are you one of the older like guys really in the park good. too? I think so. I'm 37. Oh, okay. I think I'm probably the oldest in the group. See, I have no excuse and I'm 30. Maybe. If you're 37 yeah. and still skating, I have no excuse. Dude, these <laughs> people rip like super good. Like, really? you just come out? Cause uh-huh. we're all at different levels too. Like we got some people that are, just older actually there are some people that are older than me that are just getting back into it and coming out and really there's actually this older dude uh i want to say he's in his 60s he comes out and he, and he rips. he's got two kids Jeez. and they all rip too and like okay. it's just fun it's just fun to like carve around just do like a nice back royale or something yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. it just feels good right right and right. it's this weird like i think all all sports kind of have this thing where like you attempt it and you fail, but you can just keep trying and trying and trying. And then you finally land it. And that feeling that you get when you land it, yeah. it's like, that's why we do it. It's right? a dopamine rush. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And it's that's success. what I love so much about it. And like, you could really apply that to anything in life of just failing and consistently trying. And then once you achieve it, you're like over the moon, right? Dude, one of my, one of the like most vivid memories I have as a kid was the first drop in I ever did on oh. a pair of blades, bro. It yeah. was like such a like, cause that like feeling, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. so scary. Like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. And you're just standing at the edge and you're like, okay, you can do this. All the you got to do is just lean, down. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the first time I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that's what really like was like, okay, I really want to stick with this. You know, it was yeah. fun. And it was just like that. Like we said, dopamine rush. I can't do it with a skateboard. I, for whatever reason, a skateboard is so much scarier. Dude, dropping super in. sketch. Skateboards are sketchy as hell, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. And then, like, dude, my shins are all beat up from like kicking the my oh, ankles and everything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kicking the board around, my, my ankles are all battered and beat. It's hard. <laughs> I give a lot of credit to Jason, man. I don't <laughs> he's good, and he's, he's like really a weird good. good. Like he can like do the weirdest tricks that are just so sick. Like, it doesn't so make unique. any sense. Yeah. 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 And I, we were talking about that too. That's one of the things I think where people, uh, this is why rollerblading isn't as popular as it is, is because there's a finite amount of tricks. Mm-mm-mm. It's either you do more spins or you do more flips or that's it. Cause yeah. you can't, you can't manipulate the skates in a way, you know, it's stuck to your feet. So it's literally only spins grinds. There's a finite of things you can do. Um, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's evolving though. And I think it's just like different styles and everything. Uh, I really give it up to Jason though, because, you know, I think to be a skateboarder, it's hard to be a professional. 
especially when you're older, like kids are professionals now. Oh, you got yeah, kids yeah. that are in the Olympics that yeah. are like five, not really, I don't know, like 15 or I think, whatever. I think a 13 or 12, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you know we're like in our 30s and everything, but to be able to still use the sport and like promote it and, and like, I don't want to use the sport, but you know what I mean? Like promote the sport and do the sport in a different way. Mm. Maybe not in competition anymore, but like online and, and using the platforms to like influence others to do it and have fun and, and show that you can do it and, and turn it into an income. I feel like that's, you made it in a different way. You know what I mean? And I'm right. sure, I, th- I don't know if he was a pro or anything, but I see that going with even rollerblading. There's a lot of people that aren't like amazing rollerbladers. I mean, they're amazing. Don't get me wrong, but they're not like making pro sections and everything, mm. but they're making an income from rollerblade content. Right. How though? Cause I don't see a lot of it out there. It's, it's, that's what's so, so frustrating. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. this stuff is sick. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand why people don't think this is cool. I'm looking around like, why are you guys not thinking this is cool? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, it's starting to come back though, man. Like these really? past two years, it's really blowing up. Okay. Yeah. I, Cause I've he- heard that phrase so many times, yeah, man, yeah. where nah, it's coming back. Oh, and then yeah, I'm like yeah. looking around the skate park. I'm now like, it's like no. really coming back. <laughs> cause yeah, I heard, I've heard, cause that, a lot I heard too. that a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's coming back. It's coming back. It's like, no, it's not. But now, now when like you're seeing it on TV, I would say like if you're seeing rollerblading like in commercials or if you're seeing it like on Target Oh, I guess ads, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, like then you know it's semi-coming. One back, of the things right? that they, when they took it out of the X Games, bro, I was done with the X Games. I was like, what are you guys freaking doing? Yeah, yeah. You guys are like the the sports, you know, like mm-hmm. the, I can't even remember like what they call Extreme sports. Yeah, extreme yeah. sports. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. X Action Games. sports. Action yeah. sports, yeah. And they took out rollerblading and af- after a while and I was like, this is stupid. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. You know, political. I was so pissed. It got really weird too because they were doing like skydiving and like yes. a bunch of random stuff not to say not to like downplay that but they were like doing the most random sports and then but it's really big outside of america like uh, there's still huge competitions with like hundred thousand dollar like cash prizes i've heard in stuff. japan it's pretty big oh yeah i was yeah. following a couple guys on instagram that were japanese that were mm-hmm. still skating i was like this yeah. is you know it makes me feel good at mm-hmm. least but it definitely there's not a lot of money you know in it and i think that's pretty much the big lim- big yeah. limiting factor i think for the industry in general, yeah, there's not a lot of money coming in. And, and in the past, a lot of the money was just coming in from investors that weren't really, they didn't care about rollerblading. Mm, you know what I mean? It yeah, was just yeah. like, oh, we see rollerblading's big right now. We're going to throw this money at you and then we're going to pay for all this stuff. And that's why it was really good in the uh, early 90s. Yeah. Because a lot of the people that were invested in it weren't in the rollerblading industry. Yeah, yeah. They were just outside of that that were just throwing money in. Right. And then once it died down, they took all the money out. And then the industry didn't have a foundation of like skater owned brands, Mm. you know, none of that stuff. So over these 20 years plus years that has developed and now there's finally like skater owned brands that Mm. are bringing in money that are actually able to pay their pros you know, mm, like living yeah. wages and all that sort of thing. So it's changing and it's, it's really, I gotta, I guess yeah. I gotta do more research then. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's just crazy that industry. the older I get, I feel like the more like farther away I'm getting, like there's definitely an age. I, you saying that there's a guy that's 60 that can still do it. So I guess maybe there's yeah. no like, limit Dude, you to have it, but, to come out. What size shoe are you? Huh? What size do you wear in Jordans? Uh, I'm a 10 half or 11. Okay. You, we're the same size then. And but I have a pair of skates. That's oh, the okay. thing. They're literally in collecting dust. I've worn them like three times because I went to the park. Or, where, well, what out. park do you guys go to then? Um, I mean, Allah's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say Allah. We do, um, what's that? We're in Pearl City. Manana. Oh, okay. Is that uh, a good one? I am. Manana. I think so. It's you my guys, favorite part. You probably know which is like the best for blading. There's some that aren't made for, you know. Mm, 
yeah i think manana i like aala it's just kind of sketch over there because it's chinatown yeah um, that i would not go <laughs> yeah and then it's mostly angle iron which is kind of hard to skate yes but um manana is nice it's just smooth it's big and you can kind of just pump around the Milani park is not bad i love the Milani park okay yeah, yeah i was gonna say that was not too. bad it's pretty skater friendly yeah. i would think in the west side they they redid the um coal or what is that the kapole park Oh yeah, I think Jason was mentioning that yeah, it's more yeah. flat now or something too. Yeah, they they extended it and it's kind of got a bunch of little stuff over there that's kind of oh, fun to skate. Okay. But dude, just come out. We skate on Sundays and then Wednesday nights in Eva. Oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe Eva, I'll, Eva I'll, I'll think about park. it. I got to see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I got to go buy these pads first. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think too, it's just like for me, like I just got back into it. I took almost a year off and I I went back on Sunday. And I just kind of take it easy, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to push myself either. I just right. kind of want to just pump around and right, skate right, right. and just get a good like sweat in and then get some grinds in and then I'm happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're trying to go big or anything. Yeah, yeah. And then once I fall, I'm like, okay. I'm oh, yeah, it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> time to crack a beer or something and kick it. Yeah, time to be old. I feel you. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, I mean, if it's that low maintenance, then maybe. Yeah, we're not all like freaking grind this rail and do this. <laughs> Everyone has their level. Everyone's at their different levels. And some people are just learning. So they're not even... Um, jumping onto their grinds they're still just like mm. walking up putting one foot and sliding it and then mm. putting their feet on it. so everyone's at their own levels i and, see i yeah, see yeah yeah okay that's and it's cool. just a really supportive community and everyone kind of like promotes and pushes each other so it's cool it's really i mean cool. i get super stoked when i see anybody on blades so yeah, i'm over yeah. there like high five in and be like hell yeah man yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's good to hear that it is like that because yeah. yeah okay cool i'm happy that you did bring that up though because i i think it is a lost art if anybody's listening that wants to get into it you should it's pretty dope and apparently there's a good community in hawaii so that's yeah, awesome for sure okay awesome man well we uh pretty much are out of time over here today you mind just giving out your socials of where people can find you if they want to see like the cooking content and everything that you got going on yeah everything's just pretty much my name philip lemoyne so i'm instagram youtube tiktok and face mm, i don't really use facebook but yeah just pretty much philip lemoyne philip with one l okay yeah yeah, yeah. and i will put it all into the description so you guys can check it out over there but like i said if you guys are looking for food content beginner you don't have any experience with cooking check it out i'm supposed to do that my wife's probably going to tell me to do this when i get home <laughs> so i will be checking it out myself too Gonna be waiting for that forty-five minute meatloaf video. <laughs> I'll do that for you. Hey, and if you're also trying to learn how to make cooking content, yeah, that's really what I'm trying to push this year. Is just trying to teach people how to make. And so, do you have a website content. for that where people can go, or um, where it's you? gonna be on my YouTube? Okay, a lot just of it's straight up YouTube stuff. So cool. we worked with a few brands right now where we're gonna be making some. Um, how to make cooking content. So right. you should be uh, on the lookout for that. Yep. Okay. Check it out, guys. Thank you so much, Philip, for coming on. We appreciate you for having you, man. And uh, thank you to everyone listening to today's podcast. We will be back again soon with another new episode. So be sure to subscribe and turn your notifications on. Until next time, though, stay safe, stay humble, and stay blessed. Aloha, guys. We'll see you. <laughs>